holy downsizing. Oh, man. This is Flight Check, Season 3, Episode 25. We're back once oh, again. Boy, are we. Discussing all things FlyQuest, all things LCS. And we've got two less teams to talk about this week. Two less teams. I it is absolutely insane. Like two less teams. I know we got the teaser from Veteran. I know we kind of anticipated this, but like Yeah. It still hit like a damn truck when I saw it. Like I was leaving the gym. I was happily grocery shopping and then right. I like just I get in my car and I look at my phone. Bam. LCS teams chopped. We uh I had not changed the uh, the inputs on this version of the uh, scene. <laughs> so we were muted. So we were muted. How dare so you? I'll, I'll roll that one more time. We'll, but we'll leave Whoa. it in the we'll leave it in the podcast version for you special people. Holy downsizing! This is Flight Check Season Three, Episode Twenty Five. We're back once again, talking all things FlyQuest, all things LCS. But with two less teams to talk about this week and uh, in the proceeding months from here, my name as always is Sandy Toes. And only to my left tonight do I have uh, the man with the strong Thanksgiving side opinions himself, Curly <laughs> Double strong. Q. Uh, Curly, we're back. A uh, lot of news this week, both for FlyQuest, but also for the LCS as a whole. Mm -hmm. So lots for us to talk about. Unfortunately, Knox out this week. Uh, something about buying a house, you know? You know, I don't know how that would take precedent over talking about League of Legends and I, I don't as it enters winter. But, like, Truly. if you want some stability for the future, unlike this league, I guess that's what you have to do. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Uh, so we've got plenty to discuss. Uh, we're going to crack open a cold one. Ooh, that was I've got my, my water. Uh, and we've got several things to discuss. Let's start with World's Finals. Ended this past weekend. Uh, last week, I believe, I made my choice live and said T1 was going I to believe be you did. Uh, the team. And I believe you were... You were on board with me on this one, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I already... I locked it in, like, before the show and everything. Like, I, I knew T1 was going to win. Hell, back when they beat LNG, I knew they were going to win Worlds. Right. Uh, I thought, from what I could see, uh, having only caught, like, a very little uh, sample size of the, of the matches, which was basically some highlights... Uh, and the end of game three. Weibo just looked very outmatched. Um, oh. And, you know, it's it's frustrating because it's like, you want the finals, you know, your big culminating mm -hmm. match of the year to be this. You want it to be close. You, you would even take like a close 3-0, right? You would say, yeah. hey, even if T1 3-0s this, I'm comfortable if you're Riot. Riot's like, hey, we're comfortable if it is a very close 3-0. If T1's pulling it out by the skin of their teeth, maybe they do a comeback in, like, game two 
you know, they're happy with that. It is a little difficult, I think, from their perspective and for the viewer when it's just a stomp all three games. Um, yeah. Or when it, you know, runs away from Weibo as quickly as it did. Uh, but still, entertaining finals and an entertaining tournament overall. What were your feelings on finals? Uh, and, you know, Faker getting his fourth, the GOAT, stamping his legacy once and for all. I mean, so I was able to catch just about all of it because I was finishing my job when match one started and comfortable in my home for matches two and three. Um, <laughs> and I, I can see how, like, some people would see the stomp as disappointing because you're right, Weibo just did not show up for the day. Like, um, <clears throat> T1, all they really kind of had to do was bully the shy and then get better macro plays. And like Weibo was just unstoppable. But I also don't think it was just Weibo being, I'm sorry, and T1 was unstoppable. But Mm -hmm. I don't think it was just Weibo being, you know, not there for the day because a lot of the analysts had said, especially from the LPL, it's like that's just kind of the team that Weibo gaming is. It's like you might have a day where they're just not there. And it happened to be World's Finals that they weren't there which is a really bad time to not be in form. But on the flip side, Owner and Zeus were on fire. Yeah. They were like they were pulling at the reins. They were in the driver's seat. Any way you can say that they were in control of this series, that is just what that was the case because Zeus consistently stomped the shy in lane with really well-timed ganks from owner and like just prevented the star player for Weibo from ever mm-hmm. being able to play. Yeah. And that kind of seemed to be the key to victory, like take out the franchise player and the rest of the team falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting because it did feel like at times it was Faker kind of dragging this team <laughs> to victory. Um but it seems like they got their stuff together. The team looked much better as a whole uh, coming into, uh, not coming into Worlds, but once they hit the knockout stage, uh, very stompy throughout, very strong performances. So obviously the big conversation here, Faker, fourth Worlds title. This one, 10 years after his first. Um, which is absolutely crazy that he has, he won his first world's title in 2013, I believe it was. Um, yes. and 10 years later, still putting up dubs. I mean, you, you would say four titles in 10 seasons. If you're looking at it, this from like a traditional sports perspective, you start to talk about dynasty you start to talk about goat status and i think for a lot of people faker was already the goat but i would argue that in recent years people have started to say like hey you know we've got guys like chovy and guys like knight who are like up and coming and like you know people would argue that oh hey they're they're better than faker you know they're 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 playing better they're just better players i take chovy over faker blah 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 but now you look at this result and it is, I start to say like, well, maybe Faker is still the best mid laner in the world. I, I think if you're like drafting that all-time fantasy team, you absolutely have to take Faker with the number one pick. 
Yeah. I mean, the thing the thing with Faker is, right, it's not just him as a mid laner, but something the analysts were talking about a lot um, is what he contributes from a team perspective, not just his individual performance. But apparently, like, when T1 was going through their rough spot over summer when he was out with an injury, it's not just his gameplay. It's what he provides in terms of leadership, what he provides in terms of literal shot calling. Like mm-hmm. he has a really intelligent perspective on the game and is able to process more information than a vast majority of players and right. convey that to the team to make critical calls. Yeah. So even if you don't see it in his score line, he like a leader is so important. That's why you have team captains in traditional sports. That's why you have someone on the line who's like, hey, I'm going to guide you to victory. Mm -hmm. So even if he's not in good form, Faker as a leader is one of the best players that League of Legends has ever produced. And the fact that he is out of 13 titles Mm -hmm. that have ever been given out, four of them have him... Like, like he is accredited to four of them. Right. That is a bit more than like a third or just short of a third. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. Considering. I I think that is absolutely nuts. Um, Final thoughts on Worlds format now that we've seen it all the way through. Do you think, what, are there any tweaks you would like to see? Um, going forward, I have one in mind, which you're probably going to steal. Uh, I mean, if you it, don't mention another one, I'll, I'll bring it up. <laughs> Everyone, obviously, we talked about uh, last week, the at least the kind of you can't have team kills in the first two rounds of the Swiss yeah. stage. Yeah. That's like, I think everyone agrees on that. And if they don't incorporate that next year, it, that'd just be kind of weird to me. Right. Because the vast majority, if your entire fan base your viewership, the people that want to keep watching this are saying, please do this thing. You might as well just do it, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. You might you, you might know, as well go for it. You might as well just do it because, like, that's like, hey, this is a specific feature we want in our products that is a simple thing for you to add. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say the other thing is I, I'm coin flip on double elimination because mm-hmm. if we had double elimination, that we'd need to set aside topic. all. Yeah, we'd need to set aside a lot of time for the tournament, so that like that could be good, that could be bad. It, it really kind of depends on what direction the league wants to go next year. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel uh, double elim if maybe those double elim matches are, uh, you know, if maybe the quarterfinals. Uh, like those first four quarters finals matches are best of threes and the very first uh, elimination matches are best of threes and then like semifinals and everything onward is best of five. Because I feel like if you did that, you could squeeze like two quarterfinal matches in on a day. You could, so you could do like A and B quarterfinals, then C and D quarterfinals, and then you have... um your third day would be your first elimination set. Yeah. And, and then you, you know, then you can run best of fives the way through. I don't think you really, you maybe like gain one extra production day. Yeah. And I think I I would scratch some of that double elim itch that people are looking for. 
I personally wouldn't like that because to me, knockouts at Worlds should always be best of five. Just that, like, this is the knockout game. Well, but Um, you say that, and then, you know, in Swiss stage, people were getting knocked out in best of threes. That's true. That's true. And, but that's more of kind of a filtering than a knockout, but like, the point stands. I see what you're, okay. you're yeah, getting yeah. at there. I think, um, I, I mean, I see where you're coming from where. Like once you make a solid bracket. Yeah. yeah this it is should always match. be best of five. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, this is the final leg of the tournament. Right. We want as much quality gameplay, as right. much chance as we can have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think it would be difficult to. Um, I think it would be difficult to make people feel good about double elim if it does not include uh best of fives um we're gonna be a little uh off the cuff here because red beginning in twitch chat just said something about ah the community note uh good old community notes we will (laughs) all right so we'll cover this eventually um yeah because we're gonna get to the lcs downsizing uh, down the road. First off, though, the big FlyQuest news of the week. I think we've sufficiently tackled Worlds, Adios Worlds. Uh, I believe they announced that it's going to be in the UK next year, or at least yes, finals, finals will be. Is it the whole tournament? Finals is so. The only thing they confirmed is finals. Finals okay. will be in O2 in London. That's which is a dope. very big venue. Yeah, that's that's Arsenal Stadium right there. Um, yeah. So I could, I could see them very easily, you know, doing a pan Europe setup. That's kind of what I expect because I've where, heard rumors that like where they semis. do like Swiss stage in the LEC studio, probably. Yeah. Um, well, they might no, that would just there. be plans. That would only be yeah. No, they would do maybe, plans. Yeah, they would do plans in the LEC studio, and then you know probably like. Somewhere in like Sweden, Norway, Finland. I think I've heard that Paris is where Semis is going to be. I'm Paris not is always in the mix for the conversation, just because that fan base. Um, French but, fans I mean, are crazy. Definitely exciting. Uh, you know, uh, my wife and I were starting to plan the uh, potentially some international trips. Might have to. Uh, Oh, wow. Well, uh, we just randomly ended up in the UK at the same time as World's Finals. Whoa. Crazy how that happened. That's insane. Uh, we might have to throw that one in. <laughs> uh, well, that'll be exciting. And you know what is the, actually the most exciting part of that news to me? Uh, watchable times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, not, not games happening starting at 3 in the morning. Uh, absolutely godforsaken time slot. For East Coast viewers such as myself, um, <laughs> so that's pretty. That's pretty good. If anything, you could like watch it on your lunch break. Oh yeah, I mean you could do you could do all sorts of things. Um, all right, that's worlds. Worlds has come to a close, and with that, we turn our full attention to the off season. The big news of the week, uh, dropping a day or two after our show last week, the rumor unconfirmed as of yet the rumor that jensen has signed or will be doing a verbal agreement yada yada with flyquest to be the new mid laner uh flyquest relevant news obviously so we will cover this in full 
The rumored roster as it stands now, Bwipo in the top lane, Inspired, Jungle, Jensen mid, and then the Young Gun duo in the bot lane of Masu and Busio. Uh, my initial reaction, obviously, was uh, it's a it's a damn shame that Knox is not on the show tonight. Honestly, uh, because uh, you know, getting his take on on Jensen, we all know and love <laughs> uh, Knox's takes on Jensen as a mid laner. Mm-hmm. Uh, my initial reaction was, I'll be honest, uh, skepticism. This yep. does not feel like the move you make. Uh, if you are really looking to make a mark at Worlds, um, and or if you are looking to develop talent and make a long-term investment into the scene. Um, Jensen is a known quantity. Um, you already kind of have other known quantities in Bwipo and Inspired. And I think I would have preferred, and, you know, there's a lot that remains to be seen. You know, it's going to be two months until the new season, uh, which is crazy to think about that we're only two months away from a new LCS season. Um, But I think I would have preferred seeing a younger, more prospect-oriented development situation in the mid lane. Um, I think we had options that, like Spirex, that we let go to Maryville. Um, obviously, with the Golden Guardians and Evil Geniuses news from today, uh, there's you know some players from there that uh, you know have kind of disappeared um, from the scene a little bit. Um, that I'm sure would like to make a splash back in. E.g., obviously, the rumor had been that they were going to go practically zero dollars with their budget um so, i mean hey you know if, if you can no lcs it, team is free you know uh <laughs> look if you want to if you want to pay your players in uh mcdonald's mcdoubles and, and fries uh not sponsored um then by all means be my guest but i don't think you're gonna get the kind of talent that you're looking for but jensen does not feel like a long-term solution to me no I, if that is confirmed true, unless I see like a very impressive performance in spring, I would not expect it to fit more than a split personally, but that's just me, you know, being a Debbie Downer about Jensen like I am with, uh, with Knox because right, it's so weird. Every time I've believed in him, he's flopped. And every time I say, I don't like him, he does really well. So like if he (laughs) is on the team, I'm going to like need to be like, Hey man. I need to keep talking shit on you. Right. Like if you ever catch an episode, I promise <laughs> you it's just so you keep doing well. Right. Because that's what happens with you. Exactly. But like if on the flip side, to try and be all copium, because, you know, I like being the positive guy. I like doing this. I've even uh, DM'd uh, my favorite German LCS fan to be like, hey, if this gets confirmed, I need you to brainwash me into loving Jensen so I can stay positive on the show. Yeah. Um, but if we look at his highlights, if we look at his accolades, what he's done. He has won LCS three times. Two of these wins have sent him to Worlds, which people have, you know, you've seen mixed performances of him at Worlds, but he's (laughs) gone, you know, farther than some NA talents. Right. Um, He's been first uh, LCS All-Pro 
four times. Granted, the last one was in 2019, but that's still something he's done. Um, and, you know, he's had a thousand career kills, which I think is a testament to how, you know, he's been in the league long and he's been at least doing something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like he's, he's had, you know, some high highs and he's achieved it. And even winning like summer last year after a huge drought, like maybe, maybe with the right parts around him, he can achieve that again. And I'd say we're putting some really good parts around him. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult because it's not like this is a signing where you're looking at it and you're saying, wow, we signed the 10th best mid laner in NA. Um, you know, he is serviceable, I think is the word that I would use to describe him. Um, Fair word. And and maybe to some extent, it's be it's because it's not a flashy, exciting signing that people are so down on this. Um, but from what I saw this week, the general community sentiment from folks in and around the scene was largely negative about the signing. Um, Peter Dunn. Uh, I know was in you know some discords exclaiming how he can't believe that this was the move that we made um, that he thought it was you know stupid I, that's a direct word that he used um, and people that I think the community would respect are saying these things right. Um, and so that is something that concerns me, that this is not like Peter Dunn and other people are looking at this and going like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, you know, th that's fine, that's fine, no big deal. But they're actively, like, walking out there and being like, what the hell was that? <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're actively noting that this is a weird signing for us to move. Um I think the the thing around it is because everything else is leading up to be very interesting, you know, like really unique new talent with Mas, uh, Masu and mm -hmm. Busio in the bot lane. Yeah. Um, pulling Bwipo back into pro play and then getting that, you know, the free import spot, spot by having Inspired, um, now an NA resident, like... You know, everything here is interesting, interesting, building up potential hype. And then Jensen is just mid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's not bad. Like you said earlier, it's just right. mid. So it's like you have all this intrigue, all this momentum. And that's what happens. Yeah. And I think the other thing that it could potentially be is maybe this was a scramble after, you know, the Jojo thing fell through yeah. after C9 poached him. No, I, um, I think you're right on the money there. And so it's like, all right, well, we missed out on the thing we were putting all our time into because we really thought we were going to get it. Now what do we do? Right. Well, I wonder, because we debated last week a lot about, um, you know, bringing, you know, potentially them bringing in APA um, as well as an option. And, you know, last week, I know I was down on that. But looking back at it now, I, I start to wonder, man, would I... I think I'd be more excited if it was APA. I still don't think I'd be very Absolutely. excited. 
but I would be like less negative about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would be less unhappy uh, <laughs> uh, if APA was the rumored signing uh, than if it was Jensen. And it's like, it's frustrating because I'm not wanting to, you know, shit all over this guy, but it's very, it's difficult for me to be excited about this move. Um, Yeah. As a fan, it's, it feels, I think for me, it feels like how I imagine it was for 100 Thieves fans when they signed Double Lift, where it's like, Okay, cool, but eh, you know, yeah. the, 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 it's like, uh, yeah, it's like, you know that, um, there's that gif of, uh, you know, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm where he's just kind of going like, uh, yeah, pretty much. It's like, know, like yeah, that, that's what it feels like. <laughs> that's what it feels like where it's like, okay, I can kind of see the positives, but I also see the negatives. I don't really know. Uh, I mean, here's a, here's the thing: is it could always end up just we pull a C nine, we have a like mediocre beginning of the split, call up a mid laner from a academy, and everything's fine, and we suddenly win the whole thing and go to MSI. You know? Yeah. yeah speaking of Jensen, do you remember his lookalike uh, Diplex? Do you remember Diplex? Diplex <laughs> C nine Diplex Spring twenty three starting mid laner for Cloud Nine. Uh, where did he go? Uh, he's not around anymore, folks. So he disappeared. Yeah. No, I wonder if, um, oh man, I, I, I do wonder if there is an opportunity come summer for well, the team to make a move. Something big that happened today. Yes. I, mere, I think mere hours. Mere hours ago. Within and, the you know, hour before the show. For once, news dropping uh, before the show began. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chovy. So is no longer signed. With That's Gen not G. where I thought you were going with this at all. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> so there's a world. I was I was on a different wavelength here. We're um, out of nowhere. <laughs> we can get Chovy to be the mid laner. Yeah, I uh, for FlyQuest. <laughs> This is like the, this is like the I'll put that in the five percent. <laughs> sure, this is the umpteenth time you have. Uh, <laughs> say but consider chovy uh chovy chovy the free agent he could come to FlyQuest. i i don't think we could pay i don't know him if i enough. ever said that but uh, you've said, said it year? you have said it in the past uh i think i said it last year when i was you, you, i didn't know who vigla was you definitely brought it up um last year when when chovy was a free agent again um <laughs> interestingly enough this is not probably not relevant to it to us at all but uh d plus uh a little bit ago just announced canyon uh deft and uh kana Um, are all uh free agents as well so my boy deft on the move once again um maybe it's time for the great drx return and and make the run back interesting canyon moving on from d plus that'll be very interesting to see where he ends up a lot of big free agent names in the lck uh, there's going to be some big roster shuffles over there. Well, I mean, Gen G is going to be very new because the only uh, player they're holding on to is Pace. Yeah. Well, speaking of very interesting LCK roster moves, 
Reckless, uh, moving <laughs> to moving to T1's not their challenger challen- team. Their challenger T1 so, challenger as a support. I had to so I had to parse through how the system works over there. So they have T1 like the main team, academy, then well, challenger. Then, no, no, no. They have challenger league, and then they Which, have like their academy series under that. So like their academy yeah, yeah, yeah. series is going to be like. 14, 15, 16-year-olds. And then your Challenger League is going to be your 17 and 18-year-olds, right? Here's Reckless coming in as a support. You know, no Korean, I'm sure, probably speaks, like, almost... Probably knows, like, how to say hello, and that's it. Um, I don't know, man. Like, he's been playing in the league for a long time, and when a lot of your scrim partners are Korean, you might, like, pick up some more. You, you might pick... like, the game... You, you might, might be able to figure out how to make but... game calls. You might pick some up, but, you know, uh, yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be fascinating to watch. Instant boost to LCKCL viewership. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's a... LCKCL, this year, sponsored by Duolingo. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see now a couple non-Korean players um, within the T1 system. You've got Reckless over there, and then... And and Griffin as well. Griffin down in the Academy League um, as well. So uh, I'll be interested to follow both of those storylines for sure. Reckless really... I know he's looking for some kind of redemption arc. Um, So maybe he will find it over in LCK. Um... All right, final thoughts on on Jensen before we kind of look at some of the other important uh, news around the league. Uh, well, I guess the the smooth transition I can do here is because I think I've said all I had to say about Jensen. But yeah. what's surprising is his org that he is leaving is staying in the LCS. Right. Unlike an org that I expected to stay in the LCS. <laughs> Uh yeah no I so think, let's uh, talk about the LCS downsizing yeah let's let's hit it um to it had been there had been some rumors floating around um veteran made veteran post made yeah he talked about it yesterday I believe it was no it was uh, like three days ago was it three was it that long ago it was it, it was, was like, like the day before finals or something. It was like Saturday, maybe, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, in yeah, because the decision was formally made today. Um, so, as of today, and, and I'm trying to make sure I say this correctly. From what I understand, Riot had to offer all 10 teams. Yes. This buyout, not buyout, that's the wrong term. They had to offer all 10 teams this opportunity to leave. And I, you know, I'm assuming this is because they, and I guess owners, you know, as a as a group, looking at the league, trying to figure out a path forward for sustainability, felt that this was the best way to do so. Um, and, you know, we'll get into the arguments, I'm sure. But the, so the fact of the matter is they couldn't just offer one team this or both two teams. All 10 teams were offered this opportunity to walk away. Only two took it. So in my mind, theoretically, you could have had half the league walk out and say, we're done. We're out of here. Insane. 
it would be insane. Now, I think at that point, Riot would probably go find, like, three new partners, you know, do whatever they have to do to keep it an 18 league. But seems like they got, they were fortunate, and only Golden Guardians and Evil Geniuses walked away. So let's tackle EG first. I mean, there has been a ton of churn over at that company, big layoffs, lots of problems in the C-suite. Um, and we basically knew Bro. that coming into free agency, they were going to be back to the budget roster, but probably even more budget than they were um, in summer. But this is a an org that's been very troubled. Um, and I saw an article a couple hours ago saying that they are basically looking to leave esports entirely, um, yeah. which is crazy. So they'd be leaving their Valorant team high and dry. Great yeah. opportunity for FlyQuest to get into the tier one Valorant <laughs> scene, by the way. Um, and it's unfortunate. It's like, it's difficult because I don't think a lot of people are sad to see EG go. Uh, unless you're yeah. a fan of that org, I think a lot of folks are saying, you know, goodbye. No thanks. We don't need you here anymore. Um, how do you feel about EG's? And I mean, talk to me about like just kind of their overall demise as an org. Yeah. So for Evil Geniuses, it's a wild thing to watch because they are one of the oldest organizations in esports as an as a whole. Like I've done. Like I looked at it before. I never realized until like two years ago yeah. that they've been in an org since the nineties. Like, yeah. they did StarCraft. They, like, sponsored players for that. I'm pretty sure um, Azale was an EG player when he won his world championship. I could be wrong on that, but mm -hmm. so someone fact check it. But, like, they have history. And then they were kind of mid in the LCS for a minute, but then they had a big resurgence with the Danny JoJo roster. Like, they came back. They did what I would consider a small rebrand because they had already changed the logo a bit, but they had fine-tuned like their branding. Everything was a lot better. The Live Evil, all this stuff. And it seemed like everything was going great for them. Right. And then suddenly Danny leaves. Yeah. And then suddenly more, we get the Arsh article and everything surrounding that and just like find out that the C-suite and other like leadership are kind of scummy, kind of making yeah. bad calls. Like they yep. started out good, but like in this pursuit of greatness, we're kind of throwing their like morals to the wind and all that. And then as that gets out, you see fan appreciation for the or go down. But then you have the saving grace of like, hey, at least we've got Potter and the Valorant team working the last year or two to like really bring things up in that end. But then all of a sudden, because of all this backlash, they're still mismanaging money. They're downsizing. They're downsizing again. They, like, it's just crazy how they went from spending this much in the LCS and, like, on the rise to crashing and burning. Yeah. And now the uh, pull out of esports as a whole isn't a verbatim, like, accurate thing. It's not like they're going to shut down. The plan is to try and liquidate as many assets. I think their VC or whoever, like controls them as a company is trying to get the money back that they can and dissolve EG as an organization by selling off their parts. And right. so when you say that's an opportunity for fly to get into T1, that is like actually hundred percent true. Like if we have the money, if uh, the Viola group like 
get, says, hey, FlyQuest, go spend that check. Get us into Tier 1 Valorant. We could straight up buy the Valorant staff mm-hmm. and team and likely make a good contract on that. You know? Yeah. And so it's just astounding to watch how a like small group of people making bad decisions have tanked such a storied organization. Yeah. But like it's kind of what you're going to see happen as we're in this because it's like the flip side of it is like the orgs that really want to stay behind are going to stay behind because like I, among many other people, are shocked that Immortals is somehow still in the LCS. <laughs> yeah. But when you look at it from the point of how every team was offered the out and only GG and EG did take it. Right. That means Immortals, for some reason, they still have some stake in it. I need, I would love to see it reflected competitively and in growing their fan base, but like, there is at least some desire to be there. Yeah. Same with Dignitas, which is strange because last year they had a lot of just quiet, like, downsizing as well. And, like, it seemed like they were really pulling back. And then, but they're still around. And whoever's running the LCS, like, side of things, yeah, yeah we still want to be here. So it's like, okay. Like, at least, at least some people that care are here. And hopefully they'll be able to get through this. Yeah. And I've seen people now calling this, like, what might potentially go from an esports winter to a renaissance, at least in terms of the LCS, because it sucks now, but hopefully it can lead to better things. Yeah, well, let's talk about that, and then we can kind of eulogize Golden Guardians afterwards. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind with this move down to eight teams is theoretically that's ten players. Uh, that filter kind of back into the free agent pool. So yes. theoretically, teams should be able to... Now, it's you know probably not going to happen this offseason because uh, a lot of verbal agreements have been made already. I believe free agency opened today, uh, and that's why uh, they made this announcement. Um so it's either happening today or happening tomorrow. It's happening very. It's at least this week is the yeah. opening of free agency. Um, now the way the system works is that teams and players make all these verbal agreements beforehand. That hey, you know, on the day of free agency, you're going to sign a contract with us, uh, and you know, players agree, and that's why we have all the Pokemon. Uh, on X leaking, you know, all these moves well before offseason actually begins. So I'm looking at, you know, between spring and summer next year and definitely next offseason, theoretically, 10 more players in the free agent pool, these eight teams should all be able to put together, you know, more competitive rosters, right? Um, Rosters that... You know, no longer, in my opinion, should we be having, you know, absolute bottom dweller rosters. You know, like, let's say we go down, so everyone's going to play, I mean, who knows, maybe they do it like a triple round robin now because, you know, there's two less teams. I could see that happening. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I could see that. So let's presume, yeah, you're, or, I mean, let's say they really want to, you know, make it budget whatever um and it's only 14 games i don't think you're gonna have like a 2 and 12 
or a three and eleven kind of team. I think you're going to have a lot of, you know, five and nine, six and eight, seven sevens, you know, and that'll be like your seventh, eighth place. We'll be getting like five or six wins, because theoretically, this should be increasing parity amongst the rosters, and when the parity is better, you have closer matchups, and when you have closer matchups. You have viewer, you should have more interesting, more appealing things for viewers to tune into. Yeah. I know that, like, if I look at the schedule for the week and I see, you know, Cloud9 taking on, you know, if, if I'm seeing, like, we're, you know, halfway through the season and I look and I'm like, oh, eight and one Cloud9 and Cloud Nine is taking on two and seven Immortals, yawn, snoozer. I'm probably not going to watch that match. Um, You know, at most what I'm going to do is be like, oh, Immortals upset them? Oh, I'll go watch the highlights. But, you know, I don't need to know how Cloud9 smashed Immortals because I know Cloud9's just better. But if Immortals is suddenly, like now the record is like, oh, Cloud9 is only 7-2 and and Immortals is 4-5, and and Immortals, like, can actually put up a fight in every match that they're going into okay, I'm much more interested to see how this goes then. I'm much more interested to tune in, give LCS my view, and find out what's going on that week. Um, At least that's how it should work theoretically. Uh, Do you see any flaws in that? Uh, Do you think... Because I'm worried... I'm worried that Riot and the owners are like, ah, magic button, boom. Two less teams revitalized lcs here we go yeah i mean it's it's hard to say because i i haven't thought about how this pertains to the actual structure of the season you know mm-hmm. in which case i think that's something they're also probably like restructuring now because they probably i don't know how in advance uh you plan an lcs split yeah <laughs> so but you know if they didn't know a month ago that they were going to have eight teams, they probably do need to figure it out. I could see, for scheduling purposes, I could see a delayed start and just having still a double round robin, only having like 14 games. Yeah. Um, kind of make it like an NFL season, um, if anything. And so, like, who knows? I, I don't I th- I feel like at the start I don't like that because I'm like oh man less games yeah <laughs> but also I've struggled to be able to make viewing that anyway so it's like all right well easier for me to consume everything easier for me to catch up yeah I mean um, that is that is very true less I think games on the flip does side, mean less investment time to make sure I'm caught up on everything that's going on I think on the flip side this gives the perfect opportunity to maybe do best of threes. I was just about you know. to bring this up. You read my mind. <laughs> if not best of threes, then, you know, potentially looking into best of twos. Like, okay, so you're cutting the games. So, you know, now you, and like that broadcast time is given back to you. Um, and the fact of the matter is broadcasts do better the longer they go. You know, if this was like a, four-hour podcast, then, you know, theoretically, the viewership would, you know, be better over time because more people would see it, click it, and tune in. 
And then you've got the people who are just leaving it on right now. So I think I completely agree. This is a great opportunity to look into best of twos, best of threes. This is probably the best argument that you could make for best of twos or best of threes in years. Um, yeah. Where you literally have less teams, you have less matchups. So theoretically, you have more time um, to dedicate to hosting stage matches. And if you do a double round robin with best of yeah. threes, right? mathematically depending on how you do it like every team could probably get a bye week yep you know and then it would still take about the same time as like a sprinting like a like a normal split because like let's think about it right right normal split two days um five matches each five games each you know and you got to do eight of them with <laughs> two super weeks right right um so that's, you know, 18. But if you do 14 and you do the two days, you take that off and then you have the best of threes, you could have up to six games a day. So you have <laughs> probably do two teams. Right. Hell, maybe even make it single round robin at that point. I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah. No, I think I, I can't of... math. I, I started on a good point and then the math actually got lost on me. I have to sit down and do this <laughs> not live. Right. Because I started messing up in my head. Uh, yeah, math in public uh, is never easy. Um, I, I think I think doing math in public is probably one of the most stress-inducing <laughs> things that a human being could conceivably do. Besides, I mean, if besides I... like maybe flying a rocket ship. <laughs> having to like sit there and be like uh plus three carry the two uh now if i had a chalkboard where i could lay this all out behind me right right right, right. way easier and but like, i'm doing this on the fly and then if the eight teams all collaborate on their content we could increase viewership by 15.9 percent and this is how na will win worlds <laughs> right exactly um yeah i think Riot kind of sets themselves up here in kind of a way that, like, maybe they're not going to like after all, <laughs> where yeah. now that they've set this up, um, you know, they can, they, they're going to hear even more so from the community, hey, why not this? Why not that? You have less teams. Yeah. You should have more yeah. time, blah, blah, blah. Um yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm curious to see. I'm assuming that the playoff format uh, is going to change. You cannot tell me um, that in summer they're going to say every yep, team makes all playoffs. eight teams get in. It's gonna it's gonna have to go down to six, right? Yeah, so, it might just be like LEC where it's six no matter what. Well, okay. Now here's an interesting. Ooh, I just thought about this. What if you go to the LEC format or like a modified version of it? Uh, but you know now you've got eight teams, um, and and you can just run it. Uh, Are you saying like three splits LCS? Could do it. I I don't know because I think theoretically I like the LEC format. There's just tweaks that I would want to see. <laughs> um, oh man, I don't know how I would feel about three splits of LCS. Well, the problem that you know they would do is they would not do. The only road show they would do would be the uh, the grand finals, the yeah. grand finals, right? Like, so you like would not have like the, the spring 
finals, summer finals, uh, ever again, um, which is basically what EU is doing. Um, but look, I think... I feel that give it a few years and there's a really good chance that we all look back on this moment and say, you know what? It really sucked at the time, especially losing Golden Guardians, who I want to eulogize in like 30 seconds here. Really sucked at the time to have to do this and it felt like it was the end. But wow, it actually made things a little bit better. Uh, let's talk Golden Guardians. They uh, are not liquidating <laughs> all their assets, from what we understand. Um, but still difficult to see them go out. Uh, this was like kind of one of those orgs that you loved to see do well. Uh, because it always felt like they had a lot of adversity to deal with. Um, and most of the time outside of their control. I always appreciated seeing the rosters that they would pull together. Um, and I, I'm genuinely going to miss having Golden Guardians uh, in the LCS. It's tough. Yeah. Um, how are, what's your feelings on, on losing this org? I mean, I think it's really a tragedy because they've had their most successful split since they're joining the league. Yeah. They, I would say, probably grew their fan base quite a bit this year. Um, and they had a lot of really talented staff, players, like people involved with the LCS arm. And it's just them suddenly being gone. It yeah. hurts. Like, right. it, this is, this became one of the orgs to me that was part of the LCS identity. It's like yeah. the LCS is literally losing a part of who they are. Right. And it actually hurts. Yeah. Yeah, difficult. Very difficult for sure. Um, I think, you know, I and ultimately my heart goes out to the players, um, especially the folks who were really looking at like, hey, they had a real um, opportunity to go to a team. Um I think I saw a tweet from uh, King, who was in active talks to be playing for EG uh, this season. Um, and, you know, now it's gone. And you've got a player like Licorice, who had a renaissance year. You know, comeback player of the year candidate. And, uh, you know, now all the other LCS teams have figured out their top leaners. At least have verbal agreements. And they're not going to go back on those, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, now, you know, again, could I see him or someone like Someday, you know, being brought in, you know, after a disappointing spring split from someone? Absolutely. Um, but, um, and, you know, Revenge as well, who had a fantastic year after he was finally free of, you know, the Immortals dumpster. <laughs> um, hmm. But, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's tough for those players. I mean, how, like... I don't know. Where do you feel the the players, you know, go from here? Uh, you know, especially those guys who have gotten kind of shafted now. It, it's really tough to say because it was much like with the NACL thing. This was very sudden, and so 
you think, all right, well, there's a world like if they hadn't had the NACL thing happen, there's a world where the teams that are in the league just adopt them to their academy team. So they have them in their ecosystem somehow. Yeah. Um, or adopt them as potential coaches. Like I could see a world sticks. A has been a positional coach before. Um, I could see him getting, you know, a situation like that. Yeah. Um, licorice potentially could also be a positional coach for someone. Um, it's kind of, but it's kind of like up in the air. You could do the traditional player to streamer route of like, well, I know I'm good at gameplay. Let's just add a bit of personality to it. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Um, do content creation. Like it's kind of all over the place. It's really uncertain. I think in the case of River and Gory, if I remember correctly, they were already removed from the GCD anyway. I'm well, River had uh, River had signed with another team, correct? Yeah, so I think River's going elsewhere, and Gory could also potentially return to the PCS, yeah, or VCS. Um, and so, like in that, in those cases, there's a place for them um, back home, like back from the regions that brought them to the LCS, right? But for the domestic players, it's just kind of go work at McDonald's. <laughs> well, I, I, I wonder if, you know, NACL, whatever, you know, format that ends up being in. Um, yeah. I feel like that league's going to be absolutely stacked. Um, yeah. You know, you're definitely ha- going to have some really good players. Could uh, see a world where disguise picks up at least two. Someone oh, from this I, whole I almost can guarantee you disguised is going to pick up an absolutely studded roster. Uh, and completely run the NACL. I I really foresee that happening. Um, so tough to lose Golden Guardians. Uh, EG is what it is. <laughs> Say la vie on that one. Um, any other thoughts from you on LCS downsizing before we uh, move on to potentially some community thoughts and calls? I think, like I said, my biggest thing is I know that down the line this probably will be for the best. It's just the manner of how it happened. Right. It's like and like the NA scene admittedly has gotten double shot this year. Yeah. You took the first shot of the shotgun, obliterated NACL out of nowhere. Right. And then you you were like, I've got another round, like another round in the chamber. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. use it on the right. LCS. Not it's not as effective, but like it's just the suddenness. I think Riot really needs to work on their timing of handling these situations if they make league-wide decisions again, because this isn't it. Like I'm sure if we had found out a month ago that the LCS was downsizing and that these teams were going to go, it would have hurt still. But like at least they still have somewhere. Like yeah, they have still to- have time to prepare for free agency. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. But I am hoping that, you know, this will lead to a better league and, you know, more competition because I I do love this league. (laughs) It's a fun league. No, I I do love it, too. All right. We're going to transition. Curly and I are going to find something to banter about. I know there's at least one person um, and hopefully a second uh, is around who wanted to. Hop on the show real quick. So this is your chance. Uh, join the uh, Discord link that I've dropped in the Twitch chat. Uh, 
and get into the Vibin room, and from there we can pull you into the showroom. Um, just please keep your camera off, and this will be super awkward if no one uh, <laughs> hops in, but we'll kind of banter. It's all right. Um, in the meantime, I want to talk about the most random topic. Oh, well, we Let's talk a... about... Huh? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Let's talk about how impossible crystal ball picks for Worlds actually are. Uh, you know, I didn't even look at mine. Uh, this is a great opportunity. For mine me are atrocious. Yeah, let's... Uh... I only got one event uh, crystal ball in the fact that I predicted the longest game would be 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah, what was your um, final score uh, overall? <laughs> I only got 130 crystal ball points. Oh, 130 crystal ball points. Now, okay, my, my pickums, my normal picks, I was on fire. I was S tier for normal yeah. picks. I got 125 right. for like the actual tournament picks. I got top 5%. I got my tokens from that. I won every leaderboard I was in. In fact, actually, I didn't want to brag about this. It feels like a dick thing. Last week, I knew I was going to win flight check leaderboard because i mathematically could not lose no matter what Mm. happened you know i don't think i even uh joined that actually (laughs) yeah and so and then like a couple other leaderboards i was in i was just like well i'm in first place and most people here are picking d1 i'm just gonna stay in first place (laughs) because i'm picking t1 yeah 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 so real pickles like yeah standard picks that was easy for me i if anything i think i should like I should try for analyst positions. I just need to get good at talking because clearly I have good insight into the league. There you go. You know? uh, yeah, looking at my <laughs> crystal ball, we do have a couple people in the waiting room, so I will grab them real quick. But real quick, um, I correctly predicted only one reverse sweep. Um, and I also correctly predicted the duration of the longest single game, which was between 45 and 50 minutes. Yeah, um, so same. I also other crystal ball. Yeah. I also nailed it. Who will have the highest KDA at Worlds? I picked Gumayushi, uh, and he did indeed have it. And then uh, I said that T1 was going to play the most different champions. Uh, they were they picked the third most. Uh, Weibo had the first most. It seems. Uh, dude, my team's pickums were. It was rough. Well, I, I had picked Gen G as my team to win worlds, uh, and that did. I not picked happen. Gen G to win worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said they would win the shortest game. I said PSG would make it farther than like for the uh, the two for the wild card regions. I said NRG would have the most parent seals. <laughs> I said NRG would play the most different champs. <laughs> that is tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I did not pick any any teams to do anything. No, crystal good. ball is impposible. No, it's tough. All right, I was worried about Kaisa though. I'm gonna pick the most. I'm anyway. gonna bring in uh, one of our friends. I'm gonna start with right. Red, and then uh, Road will bring you on after that. So I'm gonna drag you in. All hello, right. hello, Red. Uh, welcome to Flight Check. Uh, hello, hello, can you hello, turn Red. your volume up just a little, or I can turn you up too a little bit. Um. Uh, where are you calling in from tonight? <laughs> Hi guys, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. <laughs> so what's uh uh what's the what's the topic of the night? 
Well, since you're doing Crystal Ball, just want to know that I was correct on Tristana being nice. most different roles, as well as Yon having the highest win rate because our boys Dokla and Zeus pulling through for me. Yeah. Hell yeah. Love it. I think he might have been played mid two by Chovy and won a game, I think. I'm not quite sure. Possibly. I don't remember. But he had exactly five games. He went four and one. Shout out Zeus for that last looking one. Looking at the played in the most different roles at Worlds, there were seven... It's a billion, yes. Yeah, because... Rel, yeah. Yeah, you could have picked it's, like 14 different... because it's two. Yeah, 14 it's... different champs, yeah. Yeah, because they're all twos, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought Triss Top might see play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I, I, thought, uh, I thought somebody would have pulled out the Lucian mid, um, so I went, I went Lucian, so... I was uh, horribly wrong because I chose... <laughs> I chose Golden Guardians for so many... Oh, that's tough. And then you even make it. <laughs> I chose Huhi for most different champions because the dude plays everything support, and I chose them for most diff- most played champions as a as a team. Because yeah. like, well, they did I not thought, get the well, opportunity to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Uh, all right. What is the what's the topic of the night for you? Did you guys go over like the the financial incentive for going down from ten to eight teams yet? Uh, no. Talk to us about not that. Not quite. Sure. So, like, it's pretty simple, and I understand why they did it. So, as I'm sure you guys know, in the LCS, um, the revenue sharing is a big part of how these orgs can even function on an actual level. Without the revenue sharing, we wouldn't actually have LCS. None of these orgs could actually afford to compete in the league. And this isn't specific to esports either. Um, teams like the Milwaukee Brewers or um, the Oklahoma City Thunder or the, Se- the Seattle... Um, any Seattle team really couldn't function unless those respective leagues had revenue sharing. It's a very important thing for teams who cannot get their own money via a large fan base to have enough money to even exist in a world where you're competing against Disney money, team liquid or the New York Yankees or, you know, the, the LA Dodgers, like the, the brewers are never going to ever outcompete the Dodgers on, on payroll, but they can, get money from the Dodgers payroll via revenue sharing to at least be able to give players enough money to want to come play for them. Right now, this matters for LCS because the revenue sharing was split evenly among all teams as it is in every sport league. When you go down from 10 to eight by that, doing that everyone now gets 20% more of that revenue sharing. Now, while it is true that 10 jobs were effectively removed, the remaining 40 people are theoretically, but maybe not literally, but let's just say theoretically going to get paid 20% more due to the increased finances available to teams, or at the very least, teams are able to pay stuff like buyouts or be able to even potentially invest back into challengers with 20% more income from Riot. I think... Yeah, it's definitely it I think it'll help in the long term. Um I think right now we're still dealing with salaries are crashing through the floor. Um I think the big question for me is beyond the revenue sharing cuz I it feels like the revenue sharing is just like a a drop in the necessary bucket that teams Mm -hmm. need to make this 
sustainable um, beyond just, you know, taking in more VC money. Um, so I, I think, I think it's supposed, I think it'll probably help, you know, in the short term, you know, the 20% more revenue sharing, but I still need, and so I'm like, okay, cool, great, 20% more, but across 40 different players and all the, you know, orgs, staffing and everything, it doesn't feel, it's kind of like how, um, oh, was it like, was it Riot that said, yeah, we're going to give all the NACL teams like, you know, 30, or like, we're going to split like 30,000, you know, or something like that. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. Thanks for the investment. It's not really going to do what we needed to be doing um, yeah. for long-term sustainability. So like, I still want to see orgs coming up with better ways of creating content, marketing to different demographics, bringing in new and fresh viewers, um, actually looking like they're wanting to invest in the scene. Um, so I'm like, okay, cool, great, more revenue sharing. I just don't know if I'm like super excited about, you know, more of it being split amongst the teams. What do you think, Curly? I mean, it it does make it like kind of marginal, but that does mean like as only having to grow eight teams is a bit easier than having to grow 10 teams. And yeah. that does mean like as you like hopefully grow the league, as you hopefully get more viewers, as you hopefully get more money into this, that's going to with the revenue sharing, it is going to help them a lot more. So I don't think immediately that 20% is going to be noticeable. But if this helps them get on the path to, like, being able to gain more, it it does increase how much we can, you know, support each team. So it, it's a weird thing. Finances are always very strange to me, I'm going to be honest, especially just the way they work in sports it's it's very very random and there's not a lot of regulation there you know yeah, totally. so it's a I bit think all what over uh sandy said was more important in that it will help teams not have to dip down into the vc slash bitcoin yeah you know well the further we are from gambling sponsors and crypto sponsors oh, yeah. the better this league will absolutely function. yeah completely and so if that. if if going down to eight teams and getting the orgs enough money that they can just just on surface level just are net neutral every year that and don't have to That's dip good. into any other sponsors other than like you know you know uh alienware or intel or whatever right if they don't have to go to any other you know if you want to call it like shadier sponsors i'm 100 percent on board great i mean you know this is gonna sound like i'm memeing here but maybe not the gambling and crypto sponsors but hey if some real shady, like some some shady, you know, like uh, energy drink company wants to sponsor FlyQuest and give them, you know, three million to, you know, be front and center on the jersey, I I, I don't know if I would turn that down. It's like, hey, three mil I is not, three mil. I you know? would not want to buy a FlyQuest jersey with Prime on it, bro. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> Uh, FlyQuest now sponsored by G Fuel. Actually, hang on. You want to make it topical? Uh, FlyQuest now sponsored by Pokimane's uh, healthy cookies or whatever it is. Um, yeah, let's not get into <laughs> that one. That's uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll leave that one alone. Um, the last topic I wanted to shill, if I if you'll if you'll allow me, yeah, real quick, just the fact that uh, 
going down from 10 to 8 also inevitably, as everyone's been talking about, and I've been sure you guys are aware from Discord, the biggest proponent for splits or years now is that obviously um, I'm a huge LLA fan. It's my second league. Uh, sometimes even my primary, I watch more than LCS. If the, mm-hmm. for instance, when you know FlyQuest was going through last summer, I ended up watching LLA more because it was more interesting to me than watching you know Cl- Cloud9 and Golden Guardians you know do good or whatever. I, right. I don't care about those teams. LLA as a league has been functionally unable to like financially be existing for like four plus years now it basically only exists because riot keeps footing the bill for it every year but they're not going to foot the bill for it every year forever as we've seen by them killing osh not once but twice now right um so i think it's very likely once we keep going down this road that at first it will be just lla and as i've came up with a lot is that Wildcard is probably eventually going to just be removed and we just have VCS and PCS just have their their two slots. And then uh, we're going to have Osh compete through VCS to get slots, potentially LJL competing through one of the other leagues as well to get a slot. And then LLA and CB Law, the top two of both of those leagues will then go to, you know, with NA and then we'll compete in a big tournament in the top four or six or whatever, go to Worlds from the america's region yeah no I, I do know there's been discussion about merging uh north and south america a little bit um yeah i think the interesting uh, you know i'll be interested to see if that does happen what the level of play is between top two lla and top two cb law i do think top two cb law can beat like the seventh, eighth seed of NA. Oh, that's oh for that. Oh, oh yeah, no, I, I can Dude, see yeah. that. Pain but, gaming so, could but like rip top, a new one on Immortal. Top four NA, I don't think is gonna really have a problem. Um, especially yeah, if you're, my if you're my thought series, is it would be if you're in a best of five, like our top four NA. If you're in a best of five with top two Brazil, top two LLA, it, I don't think it's gonna be close. Yeah, my thought is top top six NA actually, then top two, top two, and then yeah. uh, the first two seeds of NA get a buy. So then it would be an eight-team playoff, and then you would do double elim from there. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a there's a lot to figure out, and I'm sure Riot has a lot that they're going to have to figure out now that uh, there's only eight teams in the league. Yeah, uh, it, it, all right, it's cool. just to me at least like LLA is so financially bankrupt. Like right. I don't want to see that league fail. And also for me, the big moral thing is that Mexico is literally one third of North America yeah. and their population is much bigger than Canada's yet. They are being excluded from the biggest North American league. And to me, that's just like morally that just sucks. You know, yeah, no, they should is. be included when there's over 50 million Spanish speakers in America and you're excluding the country they came from and all their right. you know family are and stuff. It's just like they deserve to be able to be non imports to the region in which half their family lives in you know yeah yeah. that's tough all right well thank you red uh for coming on any quick any quick shout outs you want to throw out there uh shout outs to uh twitch chat for being a little more active tonight that's always good to see sweet all righty well thank you so much uh and we'll catch you again soon i'm sure oh yeah all righty Goodbye. Oh, he just hung up. Uh, okay, oh. Road is muted. I said I was going to bring him on next, so hopefully he's listening to this. I'm going to bring him in. All right, let's bring him in. All right, 
Road right, Roller. Road the Muted? Road is here but muted. If he does not respond in the next, like, oh. There he is. There we go. Road, if you could mute us uh, off of Twitch, that'd be fantastic. I think I did already. All right, there we go. Uh, and I'm going to turn you up a little bit. Uh, Road, calling in from California, we know. Uh, what would you like to talk about? All right, how are you guys doing today? I know how you guys are doing because I'm watching your <laughs> I don't jump in and out. That's a lie. Um what'd you guys do? What'd you guys think of the opening ceremony? Oh dude. I need to go rewatch it because I was like cleaning while watching it, but trying to like pay attention. But I think that video to set it up was awesome. I think you can see how good of uh performers new jeans are. Mm-hmm. Um Heartsteel, I have mixed opinions. It was very fun. The CGI was something. I, I, dude, I, even when KDA, they brought out KDA in the CGI uh, a few years ago, I struggled with it then. I'm still struggling with, you know, the Heartsteel CGI. It's just like, yeah. it looks a, like it's fun. It's like, it's a little hokey for me. I'm not like, yeah. I'm not in love with it. Um, like you, yeah, I understand what Riot's trying to do, but they really need to go with the Wild Rift, Rift models, not the PC models. Yeah, yes, yes no, I, please, thank I, you. <laughs> I completely agree with that one. Uh, that's yeah, really <laughs> um, I mean, because especially the graphics for like so much, like the Leona alt, the Mordecai's are like right. they have the budget. Yeah, they just didn't use it on that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought the ceremony was great. Um, yeah, I, the know, surprise Ry- rise performance. That yeah, was that nice. was very cool. Uh, that was very cool. Loved that. Um, yeah, no, thought it was good. Road, what was what were your thoughts on it? I enjoyed it. It's just you know you said this. You hit the nail on the head. Oh wait, I did it right. No. Um, <laughs> the head on he, the nail. There you go. The <laughs> the CGI like they keep coming back to it, and they went like harder this time. And you know, I think in the live audience, it's more it's. I don't know, seeing better than when we see it through the camera, you know, because you see it being pushed around, weird angles being thrown at us that right. make the models look wonky. Because you know how in League, they're supposed to be, they're not standing up straight or the camera's not straight directly behind them. They're in a certain yeah. angle. Right. So, yeah. you know, that, seeing like, them with look. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, okay. And I think it doesn't help when it's nighttime. Yeah. Like, that definitely doesn't help I and mean, can't be helped. I understand yeah, that. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, as long as they keep bringing these great themes, thematics, I'm all for it. Yeah. I mean, basically, what I really think they need to do is the artists that play these champions just need to learn how to do their abilities. So Bacon needs to learn how to, like, true shot missile barrage the entire audience. And, like, Cassandra or Toby Lou needs to get really, 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 really jacked and, like, just carry around two pillars. Like, I think that's the only solution. Say really one more time. I don't think I... Really? Really. Um... Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at on it, on it as well. It's just, it's, it's not my favorite, but I, I, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to push the envelope a little bit. I like the novelty of it. I just want the execution to be better. Right. Yes. True, true, true. All right. So the next thing is, uh, 
What do you think we they should do for the for the next year's world song? A story of Faker. Keep that trend going. Oh, that'd be good. I'd like that. I I do feel like we've had several like Faker ish world songs I'd already. I'd actually prefer it be a story of this entire T one roster because if you think about it, right? This team has been together longer than most. Yeah. Stay together without any parts changing. I don't, I think there might have been coaching changes, but like the players themselves, like I re- I distinctly remember two years ago when this T one roster uh, at twenty one Worlds was you know performing and people were talking about them being young and how Faker kind of had to wrangle them all in and you could right. see the young mistakes. Yeah, you didn't see that this time. So I think yeah. it's like I think the story of this specific T one roster would actually be more interesting than simply faker yeah no i i, I like that i i can agree with that one yeah uh, uh, but the story of faker will have a lot of like iconic moments to animate or to relive the the shockwave claims gets them all the what look at uh look, the look moves the look, look at the claims yeah, look, look at the, the moves faker, what was that <laughs> in him crying on the him crying after losing worlds. Right. And, you know, there's so many things they could do with that, but who knows what they're going to do because they could just repeat again and just then you get kind of locked and you, oh, we have to make a story video of whoever won worlds. I just want them to make a song that does not sound like the last four songs, you know, like doesn't take the same kind of like, like musical, like framing and construction where it's kind of like, Ooh, soft opening. You know they they do the chorus in a, in a quieter way. They do the verse again, loud chorus. Ooh, quiet, soft bridge, big build, big chorus, and then we're done. It's like it's the that is the the outline that they have stuck to. It's time to change. Uh, it's time for something fresh. That is my only request. Well, so hear me out. When it comes to music, I've noticed for world songs, and I don't know if this is perfectly accurate, but I notice they tend to try and like get artists from the region that Worlds is going to be in. Because yeah. last year we had Lil Nas X from you know the U.S. They did a K-pop group. Um, and if I remember when it was in China, I... I think at least the featured artist was Chinese, you know? So mm-hmm. they try to have that regional touch. Just get whoever wins Eurovision. That, that involved you know, knowing beforehand. Especially, especially with Europe uh, being the uh, the the host next year. That'd be good. Or or like, you know, Loreen, who won this year's uh this year's Eurovision. Wow, that is a weird syllables. Right. Um she would be pretty good. Like, if you listen to her songs that won Eurovision and place well, she would actually be pretty good at making a Worlds-type song. Yeah, I could so. All right, one last thing. We mm-hmm. already saw the new the upcoming season. What are you guys thinking? Uh, So we've got, like, new... I have I actually have the not new watched map. it. I've not the watched new it map. at all. All right, let me we've, give you a summary. Yeah, 30 seconds. They've... All right. They've made the lanes more symmetrical in the way that you would have to gank them no matter which side you're on. Okay. They've made three entries to the Baron Pit. Um, there's a random wall in two, like, yeah, like they made it, like if you make the river, river the diagonal, a lot of the walls are practically identical. Mm-hmm. Um, it is now harder to gank top lane. 
Uh, and then also the big thing is there's a lot of random void stuff. Um, mm. And Baron is bigger and thicker. And there's, I think, like a new mini boss, but three of them. When you say uh, thicker, yeah. uh, are we talking about like actually thicker or are we talking double C thicker? Uh, not double C. Like when I say thicker, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I threw that one in there. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, Tiamat? The yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Baron is just a more compressed noodle Tiamat. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> gotcha. Makes sense. Uh, I I don't, not knowing Road exactly what it looks like, what I'll say is I do like the concept of maybe seasonal changes to the map. Um, I don't want them to change it like multiple times a year, but I, I, I feel like they kind of set the stage for this too with like, oh, we're going to do the jungle plants. Um, and the elemental drakes kind of change aspects of the map as well, where certain, you know, like certain parts of the jungle now have a big rock or, you know, the red buff pit is now gone, things like that. So I like that because it adds like some variety and like something new. Um, I, d I think a lighter touch, uh, is better than a, uh, than a firm than like a like a big like all right we're gonna completely change the direction of the car you know so no let's do it like fortnite <laughs> uh all right any any shout outs you want to throw out there road uh, shout out to you guys for doing such great work all the time shout out to nox cat oh, when yeah. he shows up on stream always worth the view and i can't wait for arcane season two yes oh, oh that's, that's, a, that's gonna a, be great i'm very excited for that as well that's going to be good. Uh, all right, Road. We will catch you next time. Peace, y'all. All right. And I'm going to bring in our final uh, call here. Uh, welcome to the show, Nate ID. Nate, if you're there, uh, give us a holler. Uh, can you hear me? Hello, hello. Yes, there he we is. Can. Hello. Uh, all right. Let me turn you up just a bit. Alrighty, uh, Nate, where are you calling from, and uh, what would you like to talk about? Calling in from a small town in California. Oh yeah, West Coast small town, California. I want to talk about uh, just a, just the in the just just the melee scene in general. Yes, because I don't Let's know do if it, you guys talked about it. Um, we do. We we've been more pod. focused on LCS uh, and Worlds news uh, in the last mm -hmm. couple of weeks, but we will get back to one now that things are kind of dying down a little bit. Uh, esports or league wise, we will um, we will get back to the rest of uh, uh, the FlyQuest gamut of esports. Yeah, because I believe, uh, well, uh, there's updates now, but but before when Nintendo decidedly kill the melee scene oh, uh, with the new mm -hmm. with the new um tournaments uh, licenses and everything. Yeah. Uh, at at the time, I was thinking, I'm like, how's what's FlyQuest gonna do with you know J Mook. Uh, and Kodoran, because I uh, because essentially if it's going to be a lot more difficult for offline tournaments to get licenses, mm -hmm. I, at yeah. least at least in the U.S. I know there's recently one in Paris where uh, recently uh, that that Jay Mook went to. Yes. Uh, 
going on to 2024, I'm uh, just wondering what's going to happen. But 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 also shout out to Jay Mook for winning the last coin box yeah. tournament. Shout out to him. Uh, but recently, uh, I believe uh, Hbox saw a uh, uh, show that that Nintendo finally put Melee up for up for the licenses. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's going to be a lot. Like it's going to look better uh, for the offline scene. But what are you guys's what what would you guys' thoughts would be if if Nintendo decides to just Make it a lot more difficult uh, for melee to uh, to be played offline, and then yeah. how how do you think FlyQuest would react to it? Oh, and man, then having sure. yeah, curly having two you, Smash players. Curly, why don't you tackle this one first? It's very strange, right? Because Nintendo has this weird habit of shooting their IP in the foot when it comes to like letting people use it for what people enjoy using it for. And so it's just, it's not exactly a new thing. It's just a new version of the same thing. Like, think about how, like, the random cease and desist letters relating to Pokemon stuff happens every once in a while. It's just what they do. Um, And so I, I think it's just another chapter of the same sad story of Nintendo having a, like, poor relationship with the people that I'd say actively grow their games. Um, because they don't, because they want to have their hands directly involved in it. Yeah. Um, and so it's very strange. I'd say what I would think FlyQuest would do is in the event of that, um, considering how pivotal JMook and Kadoran are to the whole Fly Fighters, like wing, like they were the first ones we brought on. We've stuck with them for a while. We've, you know, given them a good, they've, grown our platform on that side of things and we've given them a decent platform for their like for their gameplay so it's like i would imagine that they would try to support them in whatever way they can and keep them signed on as long as it is logical but like if this does kill the melee scene it's like what i think it would just have to be a long discussion with all parties of like all right what does jmook's future look like not that we want to let him go but like what can Jmook do for himself? What would he want to do with the org? Like, and same for Kador. And it's just, what do these players do now that their entire platform has been ripped from under them? I think it's just a hard discussion that I hope the leadership doesn't ever have to have. Yeah. Yeah, I think my... I, I would predict that they continue to support both those guys. Um... I think they know that they're like the core of the Fly Fighters group. Um, I think it's hard to market a lot of those other players that they have in those smaller games. Um, And so I, I think if you're wanting to keep people coming back to Fly Fighters content, then you got to stick with your melee guys. Um, and look, the, the melee scene, like, yeah, this is obviously a very difficult time. Um, and, you know, I think when Knox is here, I don't know, I, yeah, next week, I guess, you know, we'll, I, I do want to dedicate some time to what's been going on over there. Um, 
but the melee scene has always survived and they've always found a way um and you know if if you know things are going to look different but i don't think that things are over um and i i don't really predict FlyQuest moving on from melee i think they'll stick with it it's an easy investment win for them. Everyone loves melee. Everyone loves supporting those those guys in that scene. Um, so I, I don't really foresee them dropping either player uh, anytime soon. Um, so that's a positive take to end on. Uh, Nate, any any shout outs or anything you want to say? Uh, shout out to Mark, actually, because uh, little little lore. Uh, I went I went to Evo uh, to to go play, and I I did a little skit um, at the FlyQuest booth because uh, coincidentally I wore my Hundred Thieves um, long sleeve, <laughs> and Mark saw me <laughs> with it, and then so I don't know if uh, I, oh man I feel bad for not remembering his name, uh, but. Uh, I I got a free uh FlyQuest jersey yeah. uh, for the skit. Nice. And it was, and it was just me Let's uh, putting on the jersey over the Hundred Thieves long sleeve. <laughs> so nice. That's great. Yeah. So it's out there. I don't know if if Mark has it or it's it's either on one of their phones. Um. So yeah, it's 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 out there. Yeah. I'll be blowing Sorry. up Mark Urbino's Twitter and DMs looking for this. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And he following back on Twitter, too. So shout out to him. Hey, there you go. Very Let's nice. go. We love being followed by Fly Staff. We do. Uh, All right. righty. That's it. Thank you, Nate. We'll talk to you real soon. All right. No problem. Adios. Have a good night. All right. That uh, is the show. I never changed the topic from LCS downsizing, which is uh, hilarious. Um, <laughs> we've had a lot to talk about. With we've LCS had a lot of uh, LCS downsizing to talk about. But that is the show. A uh, quick thank you to Arkham Avalon for the sub tonight. Nine months yeah. uh, he has been a sub. Uh, you could also be a nine-month sub uh, if you so choose. Just slam that subscribe button. Uh, and you know what? Even hit the follow button. Um, that also uh, helps us out very, very much. Uh, thank you for everyone for tuning into another great episode of Flight Check. Long one tonight. Um, no more worlds. No LCS. We are in that dormant period. Um, but we will be turning our attention to uh, all the other FlyQuest teams that are out there uh, and all the players and what they are up to uh, as we begin to scan the roster rumor airwaves uh, and look for literally anything to talk about. Uh, I mean, soon will... it won't be rumors. Soon it'll be actual announcements. Well, they'll, they'll Granted, do some We'll have to talk about them the week after because they'll obviously right. wait well, till we're done with the show. They'll probably drop them tonight or tomorrow morning. So, you know, that's just how it'd be. Uh, you can catch the show, though, on X, x.com, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, the show is Flight Check Crew. Myself, Santos DB, Knox at... Knox War with two R's and Curly at Curly underscore double Q underscore. Make sure to hop into the Flight Check Discord as well. All kinds of esports discussion and otherwise taking place there. And if you missed any part of this episode, VOD will be up on YouTube tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, and the audio will be on Spotify tomorrow as well. If you are watching or listening to either of those and would like to catch the show live, 
We do broadcast the episode usually every Monday night, usually at 8 p.m. Eastern time, right here at twitch.tv slash flightcheckcrew. Curly, any final notes or shout-outs, plugs, before we wrap up the evening? Um, I'd say final notes are <clears throat> with this esports winner and the LCS restructuring, it's just, you know, <clears throat> sad as it is. But as I said right. earlier, I hope we get through this because I do love the LCS. I love this league. I love this game. And I know there are a lot of other people out there like me. <clears throat> And so I hope that we're able to get through this together and that right. in two years from now, we're talking about the increased success of the LCS because of it or right. four years, however long it takes, we'll get through it. In yeah. terms of shout outs though, uh, this is an ad. It's not a paid ad. It's an ad. Shout out Planet <laughs> Fitness uh, because I decided I really wanted to just start working out again and all that nice. stuff. And Planet Fitness is the most convenient way if you ever want to get into like physical health and like you know being active because nice. five days a week they're open 24 hours and they're always running deals to have an affordable gym membership because it's 10 bucks a month if you want to do it yourself mm -hmm. 25 bucks a month if you want the black card it's just really really good because so shout out planet fitness I, it's been my best friend this last week and good hopefully deal. will continue to be my best friend oh yeah nice uh my shout out um you know i don't really I don't really have one. Um, my shout out is going to go to my wife who has patiently been waiting for the show to be over uh, <laughs> so that we can hang out um, and watch Great British Baking Show because uh, mm -hmm. we are several weeks behind uh, and the finale is only a couple weeks away. So got to catch up. So you're uh, going to go see the new Hunger Games movie. Ooh, very nice. This. That is yeah, also, right. that's, a, that's a good choice as well. Um... That is all we have for you tonight. Uh, we will be back next week to discuss uh, more roster rumors and Melee, Fly Fighters, Fly Red. So I've got a lot of things to catch up on for myself. So what I'll say then is, for now, please stay safe out there. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Don't forget to hit the head on the nail. And we'll see you all very, very soon. Adios, everybody. For Knox War, have a good one, guys. And then for myself, peace, y'all. <laughs>